Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Today, we're going to start a five-week series. Somebody say five weeks. I think you can't miss the next five weeks. We're going to go through one of the most important books, I believe, in the Old Testament. We're going to go through the book of Joshua. Somebody say Joshua. The book of Joshua. In fact, I want you to, if you can, and this is the only moment where you can take your phone off airplane mode. And uh, I want you to download this study guide. We're going to put it up on the screens. We're going to put, a, and I just, I'm joking around, but I really think uh, we should put our phones in airplane mode and focus on what God wants to do in service and not just in the message, even in worship. And sometimes we're trying to worship and our phone keeps going off. It's like I'm putting it on silent right now. I, I'm here to worship God. But uh, I want you to do something. This is going to take you about 30 seconds. Why don't you go to the, the, uh, this link right here, calvaryconnect.shop. CalvaryConnect.shop. We have a free booklet we want you to download. Look at this booklet. It's absolutely phenomenal. Pastor Adam put this together. Come on. And uh, it's our study guide through this series that we are starting today. You can literally have it digitally on your phone, on your iPad. Join us on the journey for the next uh, about 30-something days as we're going to go through the book of Joshua. I'm telling you, your life is going to be better because of this study. I really believe that. Not because of anybody that's going to come up here and teach on the platform, but because of what we're studying, which is God's Word. Can I get an amen? How many know the Word of God is not just an old history book? It is alive. Come on, it's full of the Spirit of God, and it speaks to our souls. So I want you to go on your phone right now and download it. In fact, I believe there's a few physical copies outside. We printed some uh, for whoever wants them, but they're very, very, very limited. They might already be gone because some of you came early and grabbed them. And that See, that's what happens when you show up before worship. Uh, but you can print this on your own as well and put it together just like this one. Uh, but this is an awesome booklet, and it, it has some soap reading in there soap literally it's a method of reading scripture maybe you're like soap reading what, what, do you, what do you mean as you get the study guide you're going to see what we mean every day we're going to take about five to ten minutes to read a passage of scripture from the book of joshua can i get an amen yes. come on on the chats fire emojis i'm reading let's go something exclamation points loud all caps let's go we're doing this we're, we're going to read together and can i tell you I, I think we give we give things a lot of time i think what we need to give more time to is the word of god yes. And I think, I think if we were to ask around the room, everybody has five minutes you can give the Word of God every day. Amen? You cannot be that busy that you don't have five minutes for the Word of God. In fact, I believe if you give God your first five, He'll extend the rest of your day and bless it. I really do believe that. And so get this study guide. Download it right now. It's on the, on the, on the screens for all our online uh, community. Uh, if we could put it up back up just in case people don't know, calvaryconnect.shop, free booklet. Download it right now. It's awesome. Let's talk about the book of Joshua. In there, you're going to find all this information that I'm going to share with you right now. Before we begin, I'm going to give you some background information, and you can already start to take some notes. Let's start this study. Are you ready? Come on, let's get to work. Okay, the book of Joshua. The name Joshua means Yahweh is salvation or Yahweh saves. This Jehovah. Jehovah saves. God saves. God is salvation. What a beautiful name. And in Hebrew, it's pronounced Yeshua, which is just like Jesus. Joshua is a type of Christ in the Old Testament. 
is the leader that is taking the people of God into the promised land the same way that Jesus came to take the people of God into the promised land. Our land is not a physical land. Our land is eternity with the Father forever. What Joshua is doing, literally, Jesus came to do spiritually. Are you following me? We're looking at a version of Jesus in the Old Testament, basically. And it's a powerful, powerful book. Okay, who is the author of the book? Let's talk about the author of the book. It is unknown right now who wrote the book of Joshua, although there are parts that many people believe Joshua himself wrote. Uh, but it could have been a historian that was next to him that was writing all the acts that were happening as they were getting ready to prepare to cross over and then as they went into the land. What is the date that we're looking at, the book that we're reading? It is about 1405 to uh, 1375 B.C. We're talking about 14th century B.C. before Christ. About 1,300, 1,400 years before Jesus. Now, who is this book written to? Well, the book is written to God's chosen people. And we're talking about God's chosen people back then, the ones that were to follow now that were living in this promised land. And I really believe also God's chosen people today. And that includes you and that includes me. Amen. So the book is written for all of us. And so I think it's important that we study it, that we read it and see what God has done. Okay. What's the purpose of the book? The purpose is to show God's faithfulness in his promises to show God's faithfulness in his promises. As you download the booklet, in fact, maybe you're already going through it right now on your iPad or whatever, you're, you're gonna see uh, there's a few more purposes in the book and I want you to go through that and study that on your own time. What are some of the themes? And there's a bunch of them that we put on the, on the study guide. I'm just gonna share these three. Some of the themes that we're gonna find in this book over the next five weeks is God's promises, God's presence, and God's faithfulness. Can we say that together? God's promises, God's presence, and God's faithfulness. The book of Joshua, it's an amazing book. And if I could explain it to you very, in very, very simple terms, the book of Joshua is like a sandwich. Everybody loves sandwich. Everybody hungry for a sandwich right now? Calvary Cafe is outside. Circle Cafe is a brand new cafe. It's hey, okay, so you got, you, got, you got three parts to a sandwich. You got the two buns on the outside and the part in the middle. Right? The book of Joshua, if you want to see it in very simple terms so that we at least get an understanding of the journey that we're taking on over the next five weeks. Part one, the, the first top bun is Joshua being commissioned as the new leader. That's chapter one. Joshua being commissioned as the new leader of the people of God. The last bun, the bun all the way at the bottom, <laughs> that bun is Joshua's uh, epilogue, his farewell speech as he's about to die all these years later, that's the end of the book. That's chapters 23 and 24. Right in the middle is where we see the conquest of the land. And that's chapters 2 through 22. Are you following me? Those are three parts. Joshua being commissioned, the conquest of the land, and then Joshua's final sermon, his epilogue. It's the prologue, the epilogue, and in the middle. Even that middle section could be broken down into three parts. Entering the land, conquering the land, and then dividing the land. Entering the land conquering the land and then dividing the land. There's this land that God has promised his chosen people. It was the land of Canaan. Today it's modern day Israel. We're going to read the history about it. And I want you to know we're not just reading a history book. We're reading a supernatural book about God's faithfulness and his promises. Amen. Did you get a little bit of understanding there about the book of Joshua? 
Okay, as you download that booklet, you're going to get a lot more as we study it this week. I'm really excited. So let's begin. Grab your Bibles and go to the book of Joshua chapter 1. It is the sixth book of the Bible. The first five books are the Pentateuch. The first five books are the Torah. It's what Jewish people believe. It's the laws of God. Uh, the, the sixth book, the book of Joshua, begins the history of God. So we're in the sixth book. In my Bible, it's page 216. And if you have the same Bible as me, you can go there right now. As you're going there, look at the person next to you and tell them you look phenomenal this morning. Look at the person on the other side and tell them you're sitting next to the best looking person in the building. Joshua, Conquest for the Land. We're excited about this. Can I tell you, it's one of my favorite books in the entire Bible. The book of Joshua is the Old Testament. It's found in the Old Testament. If you want to compare it to a book in the New Testament, it would be the book of Ephesians. Because the book of Joshua, they're going after a physical promise. In the book of Ephesians, the New Testament, God is telling us he has spiritual blessings for us, but we must go and conquer every spiritual blessing he has. And so what the book of Joshua does, literally the book of Ephesians does spiritually. They're both books of conquering. The book of Ephesians, Paul is telling the church, God has blessings for you. Don't stay behind. Go after all that God has for you. And so we can learn from the Old Testament, apply it in the New Testament, and say, I'm going after everything that God has for me, for my marriage, for our church, for our community. Can I get an amen? amen. Tell the person next to you, go after it. Go after it. Come on. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Uh, we're going to begin in verse 1. If you're there, can you say amen? amen? We're going to put the verses up on the screen. Let's read the first nine verses. The word of the Lord says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all that the law of Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on. How good are those nine verses right there? Come on. 
I love those passages. Out of those nine verses, let's begin our first week of this study. I'm excited to get into it. Let's get to work. Afterwards, we're going to celebrate baptisms. And uh, Holy Spirit, we hear you calling. And uh, let's believe that God's going to speak to us today. Here, I, I'm telling you, seriously, I, I really believe God's going to speak to somebody today. But, but in a, in a game-changing way. I, I felt this on my heart last night. I don't know who this is for, but I want to tell you it's not a coincidence you're here. And I know that somebody's life is going to be different because of today. And it's the Holy Spirit that wants to speak to you. It's the Holy Spirit that wants to take you to a new place in your own life. And I believe that he wants to speak to his church today. I have a small announcement I want to share at the end, which I'm really excited about. And then uh, we'll celebrate all that God has done. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for all that you've given us. Thank you for, God, your love, your mercy, your kindness toward us and with us. God, as we start this journey in the book of Joshua, thank you for this book that you've preserved so that we would have it today to hear about you and I pray that as we started across all different types of services and locations people watching online I pray that you would speak to our heart lift up our head and God that we we have this book and we're going to learn from it so that we can make a difference in our city in our lives in our relationships God we love you we thank you and it's in the name of Jesus that all of God's people say oh come on all of God's people say can you make some noise for Jesus one more time come on On New Year's morning, 1919, there was a ship that was going back home carrying 283 heroes of World War I. They were on their way back home after four years of fighting, after four years of battles, after four years of some close calls. They were finally on their way home. The families were excited to see them again. Some of the children were excited to see their fathers once again. But on that morning, before the sun began to rise, they did not realize there was some rocks and some shallow waters before them. And the boat carrying all these heroes ended up crashing and shipwrecking. And 201 out of those 283 men died. It is an absolute tragic story. As the sun began to rise and some of them made it to the shore, they looked back to realize that the ship was only 50 yards away from the shore. They were almost there. They were almost home. It's a tragic story. It's a sad story. But I also believe that it's the story of so many believers today. Well, we are on the edge of all that God has promised us. Well, we are on the edge of all of God's blessings I believe some people are on the edge of breakthrough for their life, of God wanting to do something in their life, something special. And right before they get to the promised land that God has for them, they crash and they miss out on all the promises, on all the blessings, on all that God has for them. They never see breakthrough. They never see restoration because they start to doubt and fear 50 yards from a breakthrough, 50 yards from a blessing, 50 yards from a miracle. I wonder if some of us today are 50 yards away from all that God has for us. And we've allowed things and circumstances to get in the way from the promised land that God has for spiritual people today. It's a spiritual inheritance. And yes, we're all going to heaven. And I believe the moment you take your last breath here, we take our first breath in eternity. And that's amazing. But I don't want to get to heaven missing out on all he had for me here on earth. 
And I believe there's people here and people watching that God has much more in store than you could ever imagine for your marriage, for your relationships, for your kids. I believe he's called us to be conquering people, people who step out in blessing, people who believe we can make a difference in our city, in our world, in our communities. And I wonder if we've stopped 50 yards from a breakthrough and we've given up and we've thrown the towel. In fact, I believe the dilemma, the challenge, the problem is that we miss out on blessings when we mistrust the promises. I don't know if God really can do it in my life. You ever heard somebody say that? I don't know if I'll ever be able to really have freedom and I don't know if I'll ever really get over this addiction. I don't know if I'll ever finally be free and it feels like I'm in this toxic cycle for the rest of my life and we get caught up in the mundane of life and miss out on the supernatural that God wants to do in our families because life is hard and life is tragic and life is difficult but I believe in all of that the spirit of God he wants to work out and raise up leaders who can overcome and who can bring some faith into communities and into cities and into lives and I believe God wants to raise up people to say there is more that God wants to do. God is still with us, but we mistrust the promises. We don't believe that God wants to do it with us. Maybe that's for my neighbor. Maybe that's for the people in the front row. They look like they're very spiritual, but, but I don't know if God can do it with me. And, and I believe that there's people doubting today that God still wants to do miracles. I really think what we do is that we project unto God. How many know we project them to people? Because maybe mom or dad broke a promise with us and never came to pick us up and abandoned the family. Well, God must be the same way. And so we don't trust the promises of God that they're really for us. Everybody's left my life. People have walked out on me. People have betrayed me. People have abandoned me. And if that's how people have been, then I think that's how God is. And so we give up on God. We quit on God. And we are, we are 50 yards away from what God wants to do, never moving forward into the promises that he has because we let fear, we let insecurities, we let the drama get in the way instead of saying, I'm going after everything. And I believe that there's people here today, you are 50 yards away from God restoring your marriage, from God restoring your health from God showing you, oh, it's not too late. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how many times you've messed up. We serve a God of grace. We serve a God of new opportunities. I'm gonna tell you today, we serve a God of restoration. He's the God that redeems the time. Your best days are ahead of you, not behind you. I really believe that the best is yet to come. If God is for me, who can be against me? Oh, come on, if God fights for my side, nobody will be able to stand against me all the days of my life. I'm blessed to be a blessing. I got blessing on my side. I got God on my side. I'm going to believe. I'm going to step out that God still wants to do miracles. I'm going to believe that God is able. Can I get an amen? amen. Today, there's people here. You are doubting. You're 50 yards away. Don't stop believing. Keep up the faith and go after all that God has for you. In fact, I put it this way today. Be courageous so that you can possess all the promises possible. Be courageous 
to possess all the possible promises that God has for your life. Get some courage on the inside. I believe the next five weeks, God wants to put courage on the inside of you. I believe the next five weeks, God wants to turn around your family situation, your health situation, your mind situation, your spirit situation. Come on. I believe he wants to fill his people with courage to believe that it is not the end, but this is only the beginning. And there are promises for me and my family and generations to come after me that we will serve the Lord our God with courage and go after all the promises. Can I get an amen? Come on, I'm believing it. I believe he has it for your life, and I believe he has it for our family. The book of Joshua. The book of Joshua is an absolutely incredible, historical, supernatural book that should inspire us, and it should edify us to believe all that God has for us. The book of Joshua picks up where Deuteronomy left off. Deuteronomy is the book right before it. It's the fifth book. It ends the law section of the Bible. And now the book of Joshua as the sixth book begins the history book. And so the first five books tell us the story of the people of God. The sixth book begins the action part. In fact, it mirrors in the New Testament because the four gospels tell us the history of Jesus and the book of Acts of the Apostle begins the acts of the church, possessing all that God has for them. In the book of Deuteronomy, we finish off as the people are right on the edge of the promised land. Some of you, if you know a little bit of your Bible history, if you're here and you don't know, let me try to give you some context to understand the text that we are reading. The people of God are literally standing on the edge of what is known the Jordan River. It's a river that still is there to this day. We went to Israel a few years ago with a big group from church and a bunch of people got baptized in the Jordan River. It was awesome. And they're there on the edge and right over the river is the land that God had promised them almost 600 years before. God had called Abraham out of the land of Ur. Some of you remember. If you were here in January, we did a series on moving forward, and we talked about God calling him out of Ur. Tell the person next to you, get out of Ur. Not here, but Ur. Get out of Ur. And God calls Abraham out of Ur, and he says, I have a land that I'm going to give you and all of your descendants, and I'm going to make a nation out of you. And I'm going to bless all of your generations, and I'm going to show the rest of the world what life can look like if you serve me and obey me and follow me. I'm a good God who wants to bless his children. And I'll use you as an example to bless the rest of the world. What a promise. Almost 600 years before, Abraham ends up going to the land of Canaan. Today, it's modern-day Israel. And after a series of events and some generations, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then we see that they end up in Egypt after generations. And there Joseph becomes a leader in Egypt. But after some time, some pharaohs come. And the last pharaoh that comes doesn't recognize who he is or who the people of God are. And they become slaves in Egypt. And they serve as slaves for over 400 years until a leader arises, and that leader is Moses. Come on, you've seen the prince of Egypt. <laughs> Moses, the great Moses arises, and God calls him to go back and to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And Moses goes before Pharaoh, and you know the whole ordeal. They have a back and forth, 
and uh, Pharaoh doesn't want to let go of the people of God. Moses says, yes, God lets it rain frogs and the rivers turns to blood and there's all kinds of plagues that come until finally Pharaoh gives in. He lets the people of God go and over two million people are on their way to the promised land. It is the people of God going back to possess all that God had promised them. Along the way, they begin to wander in the desert and what should have taken a month to a month and a half to get to the promised land becomes 40 years wandering in the desert. Because instead of possessing, they began polluting. Some of us, we have not possessed what God has for us because we've been polluting our spirit. We've been polluting our spirit with complaining. We've been polluting our spirit with murmuring. We've been polluting our spirit with idol worship. And if you spend your time polluting, you'll never spend your time possessing because you're too busy about everything else and everybody else. And you'll never go after the promises that God has for you. You pollute your mind with toxic thoughts and I'm never gonna get out of this. and I'm always gonna be addicted. And my son is never gonna get healed. And my daughter's always gonna be wild. And my marriage is never gonna be great. Stop polluting your mind and start possessing. I'm a child of God. Healing's coming my way. I'm going to the promised land. I'm going to take every promise. I will conquer in the name of Jesus. I'm not polluting my spirit. I'm possessing the promise. Can I get an amen? We spend our days polluting ourselves. Spend our days scrolling on social media. What is this person doing and that person doing? And I can't believe they're taking another vacation. You haven't even taken me to... Tropical park, something. Look at there in Hawaii, and you're polluting your spirit. And nothing in your life gets better because you're too busy polluting. The people of God, if we're gonna conquer all that God, you gotta be laser focused on what God has for your family. And I might have had a bad day, but I'm gonna get up in the morning and say, This is the day that the Lord has made. Oh, I got new mercy. Oh, I got new grace. Oh, I'm believing for a miracle. Oh, I'm believing that breakthrough's coming. I'm believing that God can. I'm believing that God will. I'm gonna possess all that God has. It's time to stop polluting and start possessing. Can I get an amen? <laughs> We're just getting started. <laughs> I talked too much at the beginning and the keys are now on. That's like at the Oscars, right? Like you talk too much and they play the music. <laughs> 40 years wandering. Can I tell you, God's purpose is not for you to wander. God's purpose is not for you to continue to go around in a circle and say, will, will God ever do something in my life and he'll never use me. And I, you, You're wasting your gifts and your talents in the desert. A whole generation died in the desert and never saw the promise because they complained and murmured. Moses himself is not allowed to go into the promised land because of his rage, because of his anger. This is a learning lesson for us and it's tragic and it's sad. And this is why we should set an alarm to say, God, <laughs> this 9 a.m. is awesome. <laughs> Lord, alert me when, <laughs> when I'm, whenever I'm gonna step out of the character because I don't want to miss out on blessings. And again, I'm not saying you, you won't go to heaven and we're all saved believers in Jesus and we'll go to heaven, but I don't want to. 
It's okay. It's okay. No worry. I don't want to get to heaven and miss out on everything he has for me here. I want to I do all that God's called me to do with the time and the breath that I have here. And so he calls up Moses to a mountain and he says, look, from the mountain, you will only be able to see the promises. Tragic. But you will not be able to go in. After 40 years, he's not able to step into the promises, but only see them from a distance. Imagine to only see what God promised, but never fully enjoy it. I really sense so many of us, sometimes we're 50 yards away, but we can never really walk in it because we gave up too early of character issues, because of toxic, polluting thinking. Imagine what God wanted to do with your life, your marriage, your children, your generations. Come on, let's go after all the promises. And the Bible says that Moses goes up to a mountain and there he dies. And literally, nobody knows what happens to his body. The angels take his body. And it says that the people of God begin to cry and weep And they mourn Moses, their great phenomenal leader, the one who opened up the Red Sea with the staff, the one who led the people out and spoke faith into their life, the one who challenged and encouraged the people of God, let's get up and let's get moving. Day after day, he was the phenomenal leader. Moses is dead. The people are crying and the people are weeping. The end of the book of Deuteronomy says that they cried for 30 days. And then we get to the sixth book, and the book of Joshua begins by saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Arise, cross over the Jordan, and possess the land that I've given you. In other, t- in other words, stop crying over past things, get up, and keep going. The first thing I'm going to tell you today, some of us, if we're going to go after all the promises that God has for us, you need to let go of the past. You need to let go of the past. God is saying, I've given you 30 days to cry. It's time right now to wipe away all those boogers, all that snot. I know you've been grieving. I know you've been mourning, but I'm the God that still moves. I'm the God that's still active. I'm the God that still has promises. I need you to get up. I need you to shake that dust off yourself. Moses is dead. It's a new day. Moses is gone, but I still got a new leader. Moses is out and out with me in paradise now, but I still got promises that I need for you to possess and I felt in my spirit like there's some people here today are watching you're still crying over things that died yesterday you're still crying over things in your life that fell off three years ago and God is saying how long are you going to mourn it's time for you to let go of the past and go after the promises but you can either have mourning or you can have movement but you can't have both you can't keep carrying around dead things and still possess all that God has the new things that God has for you You can either have mourning or you can have movement. God says enough is enough. Stop crying. Get up. Shake off yourself and walk forward to all the promises that I have for you. And then he, I love, this is the point. Moses is dead, but God is still alive. Moses is gone. But the God of Moses is still alive. And it wasn't Moses who opened up the Red Sea. It was God. It wasn't Moses who brought down manna. It was God. Some of us are crying over people, over things, over places. And what we need to understand, it wasn't those people, places, or things that brought the power of God. It was God himself who decided to back up the person. I'm not crying over somebody. I'm trusting my God. 
as long as he's with me, as long as God is alive. Oh, come on. My God is not dead. God is alive. Can I get an amen? Joshua, Moses is dead, but I'm still here. Come on. Moses is gone, but I'm still on your side. Come on, baby. And he has new things for you. Isaiah says this, Isaiah 43, verse 19. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I'll make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is a God of new things. Some of us are still crying over old methods, old people, old relationships, old circles. And God's like, stop crying over old things. I'm the God of the new. But we're used to routines, humans. We come in here and we're like, I wish they still sang the song that they sang in 1983. That was my favorite song. The Spirit of God is bringing new music and new songs. And it's new ways to do things. And, and we, some, of us, some of us, younger crowd, we need to be careful. We fall in love with this and God may be trying to do something new. For people who love the old. When we painted this auditorium black a few years ago, people, had, people went into like a hysteric how dare you paint the auditorium black and people left the church because we painted it. Now we painted it white. Oh my God, you can't paint it white. <laughs> what color you want us to paint it? I just think you should things, leave things beautiful and alive and every few years refreshing it up. You do it to your house, we should do it to the house of God. Add some flowers and add some screens. And nothing wrong with beautiful stuff, but no, I, mean, I just like the old things. Some of us are crying over old people and old circles and old friends and, and God's like, I'm trying to do something new in your life. Moses is dead, but God is alive. And then he says, he says this phrase, which I absolutely love. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. The hero, the hero in this book is not Joshua. The hero in this book is God. A lot of times, especially New Testament Christians, we'll read a book and we're like, I'm Joshua. Amazing. <laughs> I'm David. I overcome Goliath. Every single character in the Old Testament points to a greater Moses, a greater Joshua called Jesus. He's the hero. And as long as he's with me, I'm going to be all right. As he was with Moses, so he will be with me. I may not have Moses, but I have God. And Joshua needs to know that the God of Moses is now the God of Joshua. And the God of Joshua is the God of Lewis. It's the God of Vlad. It's the God of Arlene. It's the God of Miriam. It's the God of Ulysses. And as he was with Moses, so he will be with me. I got God on my side. What do you need to let go of today? Today, today, you need to make a decision. As we start this journey, as we start this five-week series, I'm letting go of some things. I'm, I'm deleting some numbers. I'm getting out of some toxic circles. I'm letting go of the path. I'm making a decision to stop crying, wiping my snot. I'm getting up, and I'm going after all the promises that God has for me. I'm done crying. It's time to possess. Today, there's some things you need to go after in your life. Promises that God has for you, for your marriage. Today, you need to get up and you say, I'm done. I'm done. I'm letting go of the past. Number two, he needed to focus over fear. Focus over fear. God is calling him to focus. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Focus on the presence. Anytime God calls you into an assignment, presence is tied to the assignment. Anytime God has a calling over your life, his presence is tied to that calling. 
If God has a purpose, if God has his hand over your life, he promises that he will never leave you nor forsake you. I love the way Pastor Phil put it. He preached this at youth and went over the book of Joshua. He says, you, you just need to live off promises, not explanations. So many times we want God to explain everything to a God, but can you explain? I don't know why my ex left me. I don't have no idea. And I don't even know why I ended up with the one that I'm with now. God, that one gave me more heartache. And I, I don't know. Can you explain? Just trust God that if you've been seeking him and honoring him, he's going to make a way and he's going to figure it out in your life. But live off the promises of God that if you serve him and if you put him first in every decision that you make, he will open up the way for you to walk in the calling and the purposes and the plans of God. But I got promises I'm living off of, not explanations. And I don't need God to explain one through ten and the whole team is here. I'm, wrap, I'm wrapping it up. Okay, I get it. I don't need the whole team. I mean, I don't need the whole. I don't need the. <laughs> I don't need the. I don't need steps one through ten. God told me just take step one. Focus. Somebody say focus. What are you focused on? What's your sight on? Are you still looking at Moses and where, where is he up in the mountain or the God that's saying come forward? Focus. Focus. And then he says, I want the word to be in your mouth. Don't look to the left or to the right. Do not fear, be strong and courageous. He had to tell him three times. What does that mean? Joshua probably wasn't the best leader. And was probably full of insecurity. That God has to say something three times. Joshua's like, I, I don't know. Moses, Moses was great. He was awesome. Moses, he had a long beard. He had a staff. I don't have any of that. I don't have any of that. God, no, I don't need it. Be strong and courageous. If God called you to it, he'll see you through it. Focus over fear. Can I tell you, Joshua had good reasons to be fearful, but God gave him better reasons to be courageous. There was giants. There was enemies in the land. They would cross over, and you're, you're going to read about this over the next few weeks, and we'll talk about it on Sundays. There was all kinds of stuff that he was going to face, but I'm with you. As the same way I was with Moses, so I am with you. He had better reasons to have courage. Let the word of God dwell in your heart. Meditate on it day and night. And then he says, don't turn to the right or to the left. In other words, watch out for distractions. Over the next five weeks, I really feel like some of us, we need to zone in and focus and say, I, I need to get away from distractions. I don't know what distractions are getting in your life. Maybe there's some distractions in your marriage. You need to, you need to pull off to the side and this friendship is not good for me and this person is not good for me. Maybe there's some, there's some distractions in your spiritual journey after God. And I know these circles aren't good for my spiritual journey. And, and I know these type of conversations. Are, are you following me? Yes. Focus for all that God has for you. Focus over fear. Focus on his word. Let your, let your life be anchored in his word. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you anchor your life, on the word of God, he'll direct your steps. Some of you today, you're looking for direction. You're confused. You're lost. You're wandering. Get your life in the word. More than in a church, more than with a pastor. I'm glad you're here and I'm glad we're all family. I want you to keep coming back and we're going to do this spiritual journey together for the next five weeks and hopefully for the next 40 years. But before you anchor your life in a community, you need to anchor your life in the word of God and say, I need God's word to be the foundation for my life. I cannot look to the left or to the right. I need his word 
in my life and he'll direct your paths and he'll show you the way. Can I get an amen? You need to focus over fear and we'll finish with this. Then you need to begin to take a step forward. Joshua, get up. You've been crying for too long. Joshua, you've been mourning for too long. You've been crying over past things. You're still mourning over Moses, but you're the new leader now. And I just sense in my heart, and I felt this as I was going over the message last night, that God is, God is asking for new leaders in our world today to step up. And I, and I literally, I sensed this yesterday. I'm going to talk to the men for a second. We need, we need men to step up as spiritual leaders today. The government's not going to tell us how to raise our children. The government's not going to tell us how to run our education system. The men of God need to raise up and pray. The men of God need to raise up and praise. The men of God need to raise up and speak with direction, with focus. Take a step forward. You're the leader of your marriage. You're the leader of your family. You grab your family on a Monday night and you begin to pray over your family. You pray over your home and you speak with authority. You speak with faith because God has promises for you, for your household. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Time to step up. Now I want to speak to you ladies as well. You are called by God, anointed by God. In the same way that men need to speak up. Why, why address the men first? Whenever we have an event, it's the ladies that show up first. Hey, we have city care. Boom, 300 women just show up out of nowhere. You don't even got to encourage them. It's a flourish. Bam, this thing is packed. I believe the same way God uses men, he uses women. Some of you women, you have an anointing over your life. Start taking a step forward. Take a step forward. Notice, I didn't say step sideways because that's not what God told Joshua. Don't go to the right or to the left. Go forward. Can I talk to you about leaving comfort zone for a moment? Some of you have been comfortable for way too long. And God has been calling you. And God has been trying to put a nudge in your heart and maybe I should join a connect group. Like, I don't know. I mean, mm, mm, I don't know. it's time to take a, t- a step forward. So, some of you know you, you need to leave that relationship that you're in. You've been waiting for a ring for way too long. He's not trying to marry you. Take a step forward. You are wasting your time when God has something so much. I don't know who that's for, but God has so much more for you. Stop wasting your time. Stop wasting your gift. Stop wasting your calling. Take a step forward. One of the most beautiful things and precious commodities that we have is time. I gave you 30 days to cry, God says. Now it's time. Stand up and move forward. I'll finish with this. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. This is Paul now in the New Testament. Same language as Joshua. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Come on, I love that. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. It's time to stretch forward. It's time to step forward. It's time to stress and press ahead. Stop crying over past dead things. Joshua chapter 1, get up, go conquer. I've called you. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. It's time to go forward. I want us to stand up to our feet.
Some of you today, you, you need to let go. You need to let go, let go of some past things. I know who this is for, whether you're here or watching online, but with every eye closed, you need to let go, let go, let go. You've been crying for way too long. And we've all grieved, we've all had loss, we've all had all kinds of loss, personal loss, financial loss, we've all lost emotionally and spiritually, and we've all gone through difficult moments where it seems like God had forsaken us, and we've been crying, and I just felt like God said, it's time to stop crying, and it's time to start possessing. It's time to start possessing. Today, some of you, you need to make a decision, I'm letting, I'm letting it go. I'm letting go of that offense, I'm letting go of that bitterness, I'm letting go of that rejection. I'm letting go of that person that backstabbed me. I'm letting go of that loss that I had in my life. I'm letting it go and I'm stepping forward in the name of Jesus. I'm stepping forward. I'm not wasting any more time wandering in the desert. I'm not wasting any more time running around in circles, but I'm going after all that God has for me. Today, if you're making a decision, I'm letting go. Whatever it is, I'm letting go. I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. As every eye is closed, every head is bowed. Raise your hand as high, as high as you can. Come on, we're going to pray for you. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. Father, in Jesus' name, you see every hand lifted. You see every life represented. Spirit of God, I pray that you move in a beautiful way right now. Here in this service and everybody watching online that's raising their hand as well in their home, in their job, in their office, wherever they're at. Father, you see every hand that's lifted. Today, I pray that you give us the courage to let go and the courage to step forward. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Be strong and be courageous. As I was with Moses, so I am with you. He's with you. Father, help us to acknowledge your presence every single day. That you're with us. The Spirit of God comes over us and fills us. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I pray that right now you give people power and strength to let go of drug addictions, to let go of alcohol addictions, to let go of pornography, to let go of bad circles, to let go of negative thinking in Jesus' name. Everything that's polluting their spirit, their mind, in the name of Jesus. Be set free today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Be free. Be free. There's freedom for you. There's freedom for your house. There's freedom for your marriage. There's freedom for your soul. And begin to move forward today in Jesus' name. With every eye closed, with every head bowed. I want to say a simple prayer for anybody in here that does not know God. Maybe you're in here and you're saying, Alex, I feel far from God. I feel distant from God. Maybe you walked in here or you're watching and you're saying, Alex, this is my first time, second time. I don't even know if I have a relationship with God. I've messed up so much and I've done so much wrong. I'm going to ask the whole church to pray. Come on, with eyes closed, head bowed. As we're all praying today, if you're in here and you're saying, Alex, I need a relationship with God. The Bible says all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. There's not one of us that's perfect in here. We've all done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong. Every single one of us. The Bible says all of us are sinners. And the Bible says that our sin separates us from God, but God is so kind. God is so loving that he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came, the greater Joshua. And he grabbed all of our sins and he went up on a cross. And he died for our sins so that we wouldn't wander or die in deserts but so that we would have eternal life forever. The Bible says that Jesus died on that cross. He went down to a grave. He was in a grave for three days. And after three days, Jesus Christ, he resurrected. Jesus paid for your sins and he resurrected so that you could have new life today. Come on, that's good news. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, come on, as pastors are praying, dream team is praying. If you're here today and you say, Alex, I need Jesus. 
I want a relationship with God. I need forgiveness for my sins. I want a new beginning. I'm going to count to three of that's you. Raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to see who I'm praying for that you can put your hand right back down. Raise it up as high as you can. Hands already going up. One, two, three. Raise it up. Raise it up. Raise it up. I see you. 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 Awesome. Good move, bro. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, with eyes closed and head bowed. I want all of us to repeat this prayer with me from the bottom of your If you raise your hand, I want you to say this with all you got. In fact, we're all going to say it together with you. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Come on, let's say this together. Say, Father, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins. And on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Oh, come on, somebody. Can we give God a